Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are in a sermon series called See People. The church will always make an impact when it uses its eyes. Jesus many, many times said people have eyes, but they cannot see. Well, that doesn't make sense. If you have eyes and, and, and they work, why can't you see? Because a lot of times we're so focused on ourselves that we miss what is really happening. We are so focused on people's attitudes and actions that affect us that we, that we don't really see why they're doing what they're doing. We only see the effect of what they're doing. And so we're very reactionary. And, 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 and our stress level, our anxiety, our life goes up and down based on what we perceive. And I just want to talk. When the church can see, the church can minister to the real need in people's life. Listen, it, it doesn't matter if you're white, black. Hispanic, Asian, rich, poor. It's so funny how our world longs to divide us. Because we all have one basic need. Everyone, no matter where you're from, no matter if you had great parents or you didn't even know your parents, we all have one need in common. And, 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 and if we don't address that one need, then the church becomes irrelevant. We are about hosting events. We are about putting on a show. We, <laughs> excuse me. We are about entertainment. But the goal of the church, and so when people come to church here, here is kind of what I'm wanting the expectation to be. While we want to do a great job hosting you while you come, we want to do a great job serving you because we know that when you walk into a brand new church, there can be anxiety. You, you, you're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know where the bathroom is. I don't even know if these people like me. I don't even know if these people want me here. So we're going to do a good job hosting you. But we were never trying to put on an event every Sunday. Like, like, if, if we're trying to put on an event, then there's no difference between the church house and the amp. Ooh, no, they're gonna, are they going to play my song? If they do, I'll, I'll go. I th- okay, well, it's been four or five months. I think they're, if they play a hymn, I'm definitely going to go. But if they, they play one of those new weird songs that, like, you have to read the whole time, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going. Eh. Before you know it, it's event-based church. But we're not... The fivefold ministry, we are called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so when you come to church, I want you to know how I begin to think. I be, I'm thinking that I'm coaching and we're doing leadership development and we are the ones that are going to go spread the salt and light. And so I've got to get some of the brokenness off of you. I want to let the Spirit of God get some of the lies off of you. I want to, you to come through some healing and I want to see the Spirit of God begin to move through your life. And so this is more of a staff meeting than anything else. Because we're here to occupy, to do the work, come on, of the Lord. And I need you to know that there's one real need in everyone's life. We're going to talk about it today. That's my assignment, the real need in life. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. 
We're going to start off Jesus is entering into Jericho. Let's go ahead and read this real quick. Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And he entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. There are some people coming today, you're just seeking to see. I get it. I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm super grateful that you're here. You're just seeking to see who Jesus is. Maybe you've been intrigued by a coworker, or maybe you've been intrigued by someone and you're like, man, you know what? That's not really the church I grew up in or maybe that's not the, what I thought religion was or, you know, and I'm just intrigued to see what God could do if he would do it and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But the crowd, you know, there was too many people, and he was small in stature, verse 4. So we ran ahead, climbed into a sycamore tree to see him. Come on, to see what? Y'all got it? Three of you, okay? Come on, shout out to Sunday school. Uh For he was about to pass that way, verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down. For I must stay at your house today. What? That's exciting and like super intense. I mean, Jesus, you would think that him being the leader and knowing like everything, like that was like, in, that wouldn't work in our culture today. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, like, who are you to demand? Come on, we don't, we don't demand anything. You should suggest it lightly. You should, you know, listen, you know, let's get a focus group. Let's get some people together. Let's have a collab. We, hey, Zacchaeus, I know you, I, I validate the effort that you put into climbing the tree. Great job. Come on, disciple. Ever. Great job. Didn't he do a great job climbing the tree? Whoa. Come on. Great job. I know you feel comfortable up there, but if you want to, hey, man, come down. Come to your house. Like, can you just put yourself in that moment? Because I see so many believers that are not growing because they've, they've, they've climbed the tree to see what they can see, but when the invitation and the demand comes, they don't move. And then they wonder why they're not growing in their spiritual life because if you want to be free and if you want to grow, come on, y'all better preach this with me, and if you want to see God move in your life, you've got to move out of suggestion and into, come on, being led by the Lord. Being led by him. Come on, if that would have been our, in our day and time, who do you think you are? Asking me to get in on this tree. I just got up here. See, that's the problem with you spiritual leaders. You think you guys know the only way. Well, if you want to see something happen in your life, you need to get in off this tree, and we need to go have a talk. And so that means that there may be moments where you're going to have to get off Come on, some pride. You're going to have to get off some offense. You're going to get off what happened at your last church. You're going to have to get off some things because it's hindering your growth. And God doesn't want you just observing. He wants you obedient, walking into the fullness that he has. Come on, for your life. Come on, that's good. Y'all help me. 
So he hurried down. He came and received him joyfully. Joyfully. Some of y'all need to know. You've forgotten. Ministry is exciting. Oh, ministry is just heavy. It's just heavy ministering to people. It's just, Lord, I'm just doing your work, barely hanging on, about to die. I mean, like, like, like he receives Zacchaeus. Like, Jesus knew we're about to have a conversation. Jesus knew there was going to be some courageous conversation. Jesus knew I was going to have some things were going to shift in his life. But he saw the willingness of Zacchaeus and thought, oh, it's on. You took a step, brah. Here we go. Bring it in. Come on, little chest bump, little high five. Some of us are so pushed back by the weight of ministry that if he doesn't use you, who is he going to use? See, we are the representation of God here. And so we are the ones to step into these moments, and you can step into a moment joyfully. God has given me everything I need to impart in this moment. Or you can step into that moment fully insecure. I have no idea. I need my pastor. I need my life group leader. I need the worship leader. Hey, uh, something really could awesome happen if Stephen Hill would just travel me around and peace be still. Like he just follow me around everywhere I go. That, I think some good things would happen. He's not going to do that. He got a lot to do. <laughs> Come right, Lens. Uh, Lindsay's like, I don't even get that at home. <laughs> uh, I'm just playing. I don't even know why I did that. I'm just coming for everybody. I told everybody in first, I'm feeling feisty today, so just get ready. The Cowboys are like, you know, they're winning four. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to, just telling y'all. It's a, uh, anyway, that means nothing. That was totally flesh. My bad. All right, verse five. When Jesus came to that place, he said, hey, man, come down. Come to your house. Some of y'all would freak out if Jesus came to your house. Like, for real. Like, Jesus coming to your house. Come on, instantly. Come on, you men would get a pinch. I told you. I told you about the garage. <laughs> now we've got the Son of God coming. Oh, <laughs> your kids, they would never live it down. See? You see? You see? That's why I tell you all to clean your room, but now Jesus is coming. <laughs> Use this bathroom, Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. I got to move on. Seven. And when he saw, and when they saw it, the crowd, listen, when they saw it, they grumbled, he has gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. If that ain't the church, how many of y'all been in church enough to know that's the church? Come on, Listen. Listen, ministry is happening. A man is in the middle of a transformation moment and people are grumbling because of who he is. See, a lot of times we miss ministry because we have no eyes to see. If they had knew what God was about to do, think about this for a second. If they had any understanding what Zacchaeus meant in their culture and how he had manipulated and taken money and if ministry starts happening what could happen to all of the neighbors that see we are so 
nearsighted that we don't really see what God's doing. We're just mad that God's trying to do it. See, I want to belong in a church. And so I go to a life group. And right when I get in there, I maybe come two or three days, and many ministries starting to happen, and all of a sudden, there's grumbling and complaining, grumbling and complaining. I like the church. The pastor's kind of funny some days, and the worship is really good. But you know what? Ministry's starting to happen. My heart's starting to open up, but I'm just so frustrated that it's too cold. It's too hot. The music's too loud. And it's grumbling and complaining. You're missing the moment of ministry because come on 15 years ago you prayed for that woman now you got her wanted kids you wanted them <laughs> open and be back oh man you thought it was cute taking that one picture <laughs> then you had to raise them you didn't know that they were going to call you at 11:30 being in a come on. You, you didn't know all these children See, most of the times we miss God moments in our life because we not fully understand what he's doing. And so we take an assumption or a snapshot, come on, of what's happening. But in the middle of Jesus' ministry, people are grumbling and complaining. What if you are right in the middle of a transformation moment in your life, but your attitude is hindering it? Come on, look at this. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods, if I give to the poor, if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. Why is that important? Fourfold. Because it was the law that if you had deceived someone, you would give back twofold. In other words, if you stole a goat, you'd give two goats. This is why some of us are still wrestling with the tithe. You're, so, you're focused on just getting to the two goats. But when you've really received love and you've really received the one thing we all need, then giving begins to open up. See, what is the one thing that we all need? The one thing, listen, that we all need is redemption. Everybody. Everybody. The one thing everybody needs is redemption. What is redemption? It is the payment of our sin. Come on. It is the thing that says, hey, you listen, listen, I, Jesus, not me, J- Jesus, is going to go to the cross and be the substitute, the atonement, come on, for your life, for your sin. And Jesus is going to pay the price and you are going to be able to be set free. Zacchaeus, something happened. There was a ministry moment. Something happened. And here's the thing. When you think about the story of Zacchaeus, you can, it's, it's almost one of those stories that's like so conversational that it's like, why is it important? 
Because it's not like the, grand, as grand as feeding the 5,000 or Jesus healing a, a demon-possessed person. Like, those are fun to watch. Ooh, wow. You'll be like, I'm full. I'm excited. But going up and talking to a dude in the tree seems pretty insignificant when you think of all the things that Jesus, come on, really did. But so many of us are wearing shame and heaviness and condemnation. And, and I need you to understand that Jesus was getting to the real need. The real need, listen, was redemption. The other day, Katie and I went out and uh, uh, we were going to use a gift card. Come on, how many of y'all love some gift cards? Where are my gift card people at? I remember, listen, I'm so old that I remember when you gave a gift card, was like, you don't really like me. And now it's, if you like me, you won't buy me anything. Just give me a gift card. Come on. Is that right? Come on. Like, like come on. Where, all my people over 45, you know, like go back to seven. If someone gave you a gift card or 10, someone gave you. I did this because I'm obligated. Thank you. But now kids are unwrapping big presents and they're like, dang, I wanted a gift card. <laughs> uh, I'm like, son, what do you want? I want a gift card. I want to sell it. These are the seven places I want gift card. I want to do my own thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, easy. Why, why is a gift card so awesome? Because you get, it redeems your meal and you didn't pay for it. Like it, what it does is you had something coming to you and the card paid it off and you didn't have to. See, here's, the, here's what I want us to get to. We all can easily be Zacchaeus's, ambitious, self-serving, come on, even rebellious. Yet Jesus teaches us that you're never too far gone to be saved. Come on, I need someone to know that redemption is still possible. Come on, look at someone and say, redemption. Come on. The good news still exists, regardless of what's going on in our country, regardless of the politics, regardless of, like, the good news, it will always be. Jesus said, the gates of the hell will not destroy the church. Listen, the good news is always going to be good, because there will always be sinners who are under shame, that have blown it, and need to hear that you can be redeemed. Come on. There are three big takeaways from this text. I'm going to give you all three. We already talked about two last week. Listen, go download. Da download our app. We have an app. If you don't have to miss. And, and let me just say this about, about we really believe that the Spirit of God is speaking. And we want you, even if you're gone, to get the word to be listening to it. Some people say, well, Pastor, you're, you're a really good communicator, but you talk really fast. So I have to go back and listen to it. That's why I talk fast. I want you to go back and listen to it. <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm hoping that there are nuggets in what God is doing that you can be like, okay, I need to dive into this. There are three takeaways from this story. I'm going to give you the first two we talked about last week. The first one is let's, let's be a church brave enough to notice the person the crowd is refusing to see. 
Like, let's be courageous. Let's not come under popularity and drama and the high school church musical. Oh, you're friends with that person? Well, (laughs) we had an issue in our last church, and I don't really know if we can be friends. (laughs) If your ex-husband gets saved, you're going to be in heaven with him. If your kid who told you horrible things gets saved, they're going to be in heaven with you. Come on. Does this make sense? The dad that don't talk to you is going to be in heaven with you if he gets saved. And I just need you to act like we're not a good person, but we're saved by grace, and God is a deliverer, and he is a redeemer, and there's nothing you get to boast in and of yourself. And so, come on, listen, we've got to be people. Listen, we don't ever want to refuse to see someone that God is bringing in. The second thing is this. See people who are stepping out on a limb. You don't know it right now, but there are people stepping out on a limb just coming back to church. Just just one more time, I'll give God another chance. In my marriage, I'll give God another chance. In my career, I'll just give God another chance. And we don't know the people, come on, that are stepping out on a limb all the time. And we got to see, come on, you're doing good. Great job. Good step. I know you signed up for Life Group and you went to one, but last year you didn't sign up for any. So come on, woo, we're making progress. Don't put the demand of where you're at on somebody else who's not there. See the people who are climbing the tree and give them an opportunity. Come on. Here's the third one. This is what I want to spend the next nine minutes on. I want to see people. We want to see people. And we want to create an opportunity for ministry. See, seeing people helps us create an opportunity to minister. Can I just tell you this? Freedom in people's lives does not just happen. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you're going to be free. Just like you climbing a tree and seeing Jesus doesn't mean there's going to be an interaction, a conversation, and a transformation. Someone has to see. Someone has to start a conversation. Someone has to give instruction. Someone has to believe people are not inconvenient, uh, an inconvenience. Oh, every person I know has so much problems. <gasps> Come on, if you're saved, we want you to be free. We want you to be filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, and you get to minister. You're not... Uh, well, now I have to. Great, they came to my life group. I better be a friend. I'm going to talk to you because I have to. Come on. What are we talking about? It'll take the church to minister to the real needs in people's lives in order for us to make a kingdom impact. Jesus knew the hunger and the curiosity in Zacchaeus. He ends this verse saying that I have come to seek and to save those that are lost. And we are always going to disciple people as a church. Our first step is that you would know the Father. But I need you to know something just real quick. We are not a country club for the religious. I don't know if I care what you did at your last church. 
I don't know if I'm going to submit to that. Come on, hear me. Because it is in the nature of people for all of us to do what we like. But God is sending us on a message, on an assignment. Come on, does that make sense? And I just want to talk about this. The house is going to be a place that is going to give and receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We are a seeking and saving church. There's going to be ministry, come on, that flows in this house. And we are on mission to minister to the real need in people's life. And the real need in your life is not how loud it is. The real need in your life is not the air condition. The real need in your life is not how far you have to walk when you park. When you park, come on, we're just trying to get some steps in for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like the real need in your life, come on, come on. Is this good? The real need in your life in your husband's life, in your teenager's life, in your young adult's life, in your best friend's life. The real need in life is, can I still be redeemed? And does God have a plan for my life? Come on. Come on. Does that make sense? Jesus gives instruction. He makes a demand. He calls out to Lazarus and the invitation is given. And I need you to know for freedom to happen to, in some of your lives, you're going to have to change your environment. I'm sure Zacchaeus could have said, whoa, 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 hold on. You want me to get up out of this tree? I came to the tree to see you. And now you're asking me to get down? That's right, I'm asking you to get down. I'm asking you to follow me. I'm asking you to open your house. I'm asking you to open your life. I'm asking you to open everything precious to me so that I can walk in it and I can change it. See, we we have this idea where the things of God are suggestive. Come on. Thanksgiving is coming up, and some of y'all are going to pull out your mama's recipe. And some of you have such honor with your mama's recipe. This is my my mama's recipe. And you pull it out, and you're like, don't touch it. It's kind of got wrinkles on it. It's got stains from the last time you cooked. Come on, and you're like, this is my mother's. She handed it down. Her mother and her mother. And then she got it from Guidepost. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is deep. And so you're not like, oh, it doesn't matter. Eggs. We don't need eggs. We've got to substitute. Salt. We don't need real salt. It's a substitute. Sugar. We don't need sugar. It's the substitute. Stevie is, Stevie is the same, almost the same, almost the same thing. And before you know it, you've made all of these little substitutes And then it don't taste like it should taste. Come come on, y'all help me. And we're in a culture where we feel like because we're educated, because we watch YouTubes, because we spend very much time scrolling and viewing shorts on YouTube, then we obviously have all the information we need. Stop changing the recipe because the recipe for your life is, is different. And God has something for you strategically to do. Come on. What that means is Jesus is going to give you an invitation. Then there's a decision and then there's an action. God wants to minister to the real need in your life if you will let him. Real quickly, I'm going to give you five phases of spiritual maturity that us as a church, our people need to engage in. 
The first is this. If you're going to accept the invitation, that he is going to open the door for you to become spiritually mature. You got to make the decision, I'm going to be mature. It's a decision. The Bible says that when I was a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. What's the idea of childish things? Childish thing is a kid runs around the living room and doesn't think of consequences. A child takes from the refrigerator, they don't put in the refrigerator. An adult provides, and a child. So let's talk about it. For maturity for us, the Bible informs us that there are three types of people. There is the wise, there is the fool, and there is the evil. Some of your translations say wicked. The wise listen to truth. The fool fights the truth. The evil rejects the truth. The wise corrects themselves by conviction of the Holy Spirit. The fool denies the problem and blames everybody else in their life. The evil just loves sin. The wise is teachable. The fool is hard-hearted. And the evil is blinded by revenge. The wise cares about others. The fool cares about himself. And the evil loves to hurt. They love it when other people fail. Proverbs 28, 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be, come on, delivered. Psalms 11, 111, 10 says, The fear of the Lord, come on, is the beginning of wisdom. And all who practice it have good understanding. There must be a desire for us to hear the word and obey. There must be a desire for us to need God's perspective. There must be a desire for us to listen, come on, and learn. This is what I'm asking you to do as a believer. The second thing is you got to make a decision to commit. To commit. Many who come to church would identify as a Christian. This term is more about belief. In fact, it's only mentioned one time in the Bible. It's in Acts. And it's actually more of a derogatory term. Christian means little Christ. And the first term was used to make fun of believers. But I'm challenging you to see this deeper. Church, Jesus didn't collect Christians. He ran with disciples. Followers who left self-led living and looked for an encounter, come on, that was so real that it changed their behavior. It began to change who they were internally. And then there was an external change. And here is what legalism does. It misses the encounter and tries to change the behavior. God is like, if you'll give me an encounter and you give me this much room, I'll step into that and start working in your life. And all of a sudden, you'll start giving up stuff because you want to be free Acts 26 16 through 18 we don't have time to read this but this is the transformation of Saul to Paul and God says here is why I have saved you here's why I've delivered you here is why I've rescued you 
Verse 18, because you are going to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and place their faith in me. This is the call of the church. Come on. Are we going to see people? Are we going to see people? See, here, here's the thing is Zacchaeus had to make a commitment. Getting off of this limb and walking with Jesus is going to mean something. Other people are going to see it. People are going to talk about it. This is not going to be a small thing. But I am ready to make this, come on, commitment. Here's the third one. You're going to have to make the decision to give. Isn't it awesome that the moment with Jesus, Jesus does not dress Zacchaeus down in the tree and say, hey, I want to talk real quick. You're supposed to be of Abraham. You're of the tribe. Why are you doing this? Why are you taking advantage of all your people? Don't you know the Torah? Don't you know the law? Don't you know? He doesn't dress him down at all. He doesn't even talk about it. Here's what I want you to know. Based on the kindness of Jesus, that he shows Zacchaeus true repentance begins to happen. He begins to make a public confession of repentance. He recognizes his sin. And without Jesus even saying anything, he says, you know what? Man, if I have messed up, I'm going to make it right. And I'm not going to just give what the law says. I'm going to give an over and above because I know that you have given me over and above what I have deserved, more than what I could ask or imagine. And I'm going to represent that attitude everywhere I go. Can you just imagine the moment that Zacchaeus knocks on the door as the chief tax collector? It's Zacchaeus, hide the kids, hide the hide the middle, hide the Hello? <laughs> hey, um, I'm the tax collector. We know. And I just want to give you this. I'm sorry. I have taken a lot from you. And I probably have hurt you guys. And when I left and the door shut, you probably cried. There's probably moments that you didn't eat so that your kids could eat. And I want you to know that I'm sorry. I was shown grace. And I, and I want to give back to you. See, that's why I think the moment is so miraculous. Because everybody knew who Zacchaeus was. And when Zacchaeus starts to transform, it is undeniable. And it affects 5,000. It affects does that, does that make sense? And what would your transformation, what would this moment in your life where you begin to stop being, come on, listen, 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 a taker, and you would start being a giver, what would begin to happen in your life? Real ministry happens. The response to receiving love is giving. He moves from a taker to a giver. Come on, can I tell you this? Takers don't minister. Takers don't add value. Have you ever met someone that you start hanging out with them? You had a great day and all of a sudden they're taking all of your energy. Taking all of your, it's like they, 
and you're just around them and you're like, oh my God, so, so many problems, so many lies, and you're just like, someone's like, oh. They're not giving to you. Please don't amen and nudge anybody. Remember, we're a no, we're a no nudging church. Okay? Listen. God doesn't call you to be a taker. All of your friends, every relationship, every life group you're in. We wonder why you get screened when you call. For some reason, nobody answers my phone. Well, that's not fair. That's not Christ-like. At some point in time, listen, we have to realize that the transformation that God wants to do in our life makes us a sower, not someone who takes. Here's a third thought. Is when you start walking through the threshold of I'm going to mature, I'm going to be committed. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start giving my tithe. I'm going to start giving my time. I'm going to start giving offerings. I'm going to start giving serving. I'm going to welcome people to my house. I'm going to start opening my home. Then here's the deal. And I'm going to just tell you this. You are about to get offended. Look at everything I'm doing for the Lord. I thought there would be a spiritual protection. There is a spiritual protection. The enemy's not going to destroy your life, but you're working with broken people who grumble and complain. And I need you to want to, come on, listen, operate in forgiveness. Zacchaeus had to go back to the very people who had been calling him a sinner. See, here's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't let you stay in the ministry moment with only him. See, we have a whole faction of Christianity that wants to just stay in, in the presence. I just know I, I came off my tree and I want you and I want you and I want you and I want you and I want you. And I think that is excellent. I'm not against that. But the sign of what God has deposited in your life is shown out there. And so you should download so that you can go give, give, give. Now, oh, you know what? I'm falling. I'm getting a little fleshly. My old stuff's coming back. I need to come back. Here I go. Oh! Okay, I'm ready again. Ha ha. Like that, that's it. But you're going to have to forgive. Here's the last one. Ben Young going to come up. Is you're going to have to make the decision to be a minister. The goal isn't to just be a little bit better, be a little nicer, be a little happy. You know, the goal isn't any of that. The goal is redemption. When, listen, when you understand that God's love begins to change everything, then all of a sudden, you want to give. And here's what I want you to know. Every spiritual concept that you know that has been downloaded into your life, God is expecting you to give it. 
Don't deny. We good? Don't deny what God has put in you. The moments, the moments in prayer, the moments teaching, the moments whatever. Your job is to give what has been given and sown into your life. Zacchaeus' story is about the ministry of Jesus. Jesus knows his name. Jesus calls him out. Jesus starts the ministry. Then Zacchaeus starts to minister. Come on. Jesus has saved my life. Jesus has sought me out. Jesus has redeemed me. I don't believe the next outpouring of God's Spirit is us waiting on some sort of special sermon or movement in the church. I believe it's people realizing that I've got to walk through thresholds of health so that I can get over here and start ministering to people. And I've got to start doing what Jesus did in me. And here's the real thing. Maybe we've collected a lot of members in church, but there hasn't been any movement. And I need to make sure, listen, that we as a body of Christ have had our moments where we've listened to the invitation, made a step, made a move, and we have something to give. The Bible teaches us that when we decrease, He increases. The greatest thing that you can do spiritually is mature. Come on. Come on, this ain't drama. This ain't high school. Make a decision. Do you know your Father? Have you met with Him? Are you leaving environments that are toxic for you? Are you moving forward? Are you learning how to minister? Have you accepted the next invitation that He has for you? And here is what I want you to understand. He is going to be sending you invitations until you meet Him. It's not about what was last. It's about what's next. Here's my question to you. What is keeping you from seeing the real need? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.